Hello, and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else is listening, welcome back to the show. My guest today, Jason Christensen, one of Security Home Mortgage's finest lenders and recent disciple of Mount Kilimanjaro, the tallest mountain in Africa. We talk of the preparation and spiritual journey that was going to Africa and leaving it all in the mountain with his kid in tow. Well, thank you for joining me today to talk about <laughs> your great adventure that you did. When was it? Oh, let's see. We flew down there. I brought my notes. Thought it'd be fun. Yeah, June. June. June of 2022, you hiked 22? Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. It's a big-ass mountain. It is. the big. It's the biggest in Africa, which makes it sound bigger. But, like, uh, Everest Base Camp is higher than Kilimanjaro. Well, that makes sense. So people who are like, oh, I went to base camp. And you think, oh, you're a little, little sissy. No. It's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. Well, is this something you had on your bucket list? No. Or was this a Actually, random, hey, we're, what are you doing this weekend? So my guardian angels retired when I hit about 20, 21, 22, somewhere right in there. They were like, peace. Like, like actually, to be honest, like I actually kind of felt some of them like, hey, we're done. So did you get a oh. okay? That's i never. That's not a statement I've ever heard before. My guardian <laughs> angels retired. Did you get like a statement in the mail that you're on your own? No, there's just like, but there's been a few times in my life when I had a feeling and I was like, oh, good to know. But like, so I served an LDS mission, right? Like, there's a there's been a few times when I was like, oh, I should have died. Um, but like on my mission, I was hit by a car, launched through the air, bounced a couple times, walked back to the car, pulled my bike out from under the car after it backed up off of it rode off you know like it's it's you know i've i've uh almost crashed on a motorcycle a few times crashed on a motorcycle um but like it's i i was wilder as a teenager so like when i got older i was like i'm not people because i used to mountaineer when i was younger which is a few times when i almost died um but i thought you know i've, I've used up my free passes and i don't want to do it but i had two friends in 2021 say hey what what's the crazy thing you're doing this year and i thought i don't do crazy things i mean depends who you compare it to in a couple of weeks i'm going rim to rim the grand canyon which not a lot of people do but if you do th things you know that's fun so so they both suggested kilimanjaro and i was like the first one i said no and the second one i thought mm. and then i got thinking about it more and i was like you know why not? It's, it's not, it's not that big of a mountain. It's not a technical hike. I haven't traveled much in my life. Might as well give it a shot. And then my second oldest boy, um, wanted to be a world traveler. He wanted to be an explorer. And I thought, yeah, this would be cool. So I thought like, why in the world would I do this? Just me when I can pay twice as much and take him. So we did it. Is there like a, a tour that you tap into? I mean, tell me about like the travel, like to get there. What I mean, or and then the preparation for something like this. Because I've um, hiked our local mountain Timpanogos, which is just under twelve, and that's a big deal. Yeah, so I've done that a few times. Um, the mountain Timpanogos wasn't clear. Uh, 
before we left in June, right? There's still snow on it. I mean, it's May right now. So in another month, there'll still be snow up there. But, um, but I did, I've done the Grand Canyon a few times. So I did that. And then I actually started researching it and all the, all the, everything I saw was like, if you're moderately active, you'll have no problem with it. So I was like, wow, I'm going to stop. And the other guys I was with, they were still training, but yeah, I just, I, I, I do stuff. I like to stay active, but I didn't specifically train for Kilimanjaro. You fly from you, where do you fly into? When we flew to Amsterdam and then we landed at the Kilimanjaro airport. And then we actually drove a buttload to in Tanzania, which is how they say it. So Tanzania. Well, it's not Tanzania, it's Tanzania. Tanzania. Yeah. Wow. Good to know. I didn't know that. Went on, a, went on a safari for a few days, which was crazy. It was, it was amazing. And, and, and I enjoyed the places we stayed as much as seeing the animals. Um, we went to this just gorgeous, gorgeous little resort. And when I say resort, it's not like, Disneyland resort that you think of but it's like a gated community because you're, you're freaking third world country it's it's pretty run down and it's kind of scary and you get the resort and it's nice and they've got good food and you know but it's all gated and fenced and stuff um and it's just it's just these beautiful paths and walking under banana trees which have giant purple flowers did you know this no yeah and then and then the bananas growing and it's then you go in and it's like a lot of wood and they've got the beds with the drapes on them because in the summer you don't want to get malaria, you know, so they have this mosquito net and you go into the bathroom and each hut has a water tower and the water tower apparently wasn't much higher than the shower head. So if you wanted like any decent pressure, you had to take the shower head and like kneel down on the floor. Right. But, uh, and, and that place was heated with a, a fireplace, which was like just a bricked corner of the, the room and just let stuff on fire and kind of got warm and we had another place in Nagorogoro on the on the rim of the crater and that had a little wood burning stove and that was like so freaky cold but just things you wouldn't think of with you know the elephants just a few miles away but well yeah you think of the Serengeti desert or yeah we drove through there we had the the um a bushman in his like in his blanket thing with a spear talking on a cell phone <laughs> so, so weird so yeah you have the primitive stereotypical what you would think and then the technology crossing yeah. over yeah yeah so that we did that and then and then we uh decided to hike kilimanjaro usually people hike first and then do the the safari but i was like why in the world like if i have jet lag and i'm falling asleep I want to fall asleep and miss a giraffe, not like be wasted on a mountain. You put in some decent miles. From the time you get to the base of the mountain to the top, how many, how many, is that like multiple days? Yeah. So like the first day we went seven miles. Uh, then we went, see if I got this right. Yeah. Then we went three miles. Then we went six miles then five miles then we went uh 10 or 11 miles and then the last day we went six miles so round trip how long is the the hike 
37. 37 miles. Wow, that is intense. And you start at what elevation and stop at what, 19, 19 and a half thousand feet? Yeah. Start at. So Huru Peak is 19,341. And you start at 5,380. So you, you go up a little bit. You go, you if, if Timpanogos was sitting at sea level, you'd hike Timpanogos. So like if, or if the base... Of Tippinogos was a sea level, so yeah, yeah. all the way up to you. Twelve thousand, twelve. You you climb, you climb twelve thousand feet. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 the hiking is pretty easy. Like it's you like if, if you're physically active, you don't, I don't think you need to train. But uh, the elevation sickness is is something else. It's crazy. So I have a my boy. I took. Um, he's he's yoked. He's he's crazy. He loves to work out. I mean, he's a black belt Kung Fu. He's a gymnast. He does mixed martial arts ballroom. Like he's well-rounded, right? We got to, uh, Oh, I forgot the name. Stella point, which is the last point before Uhuru peak. And he was just wasted. He was just spent and freezing and like, it was like, like 10 or 15 degrees. Um, but like we had on a down coat, and a windbreaker and thermals and two pair of pants. And he had on frog togs on top of all that. And he just could not keep warm. So it was, it was weird. It was weird. Well, it's amazing what slight change in temperature will do to your psyche, your psyche. Well, and the other thing is and, and oxygen deprivation. Yeah. That that's the huge one. Cause like I've been trail running here at negative 10 degrees. I mean, all our water freezes, and I'm wearing a uh, thermals with the sleeves cut off, right? But there, there's no, well, when we got up near the summit, I ran for a little bit just, just for fun to mess with people because um, everybody freaks out. So that, and actually, I learned after that wasn't that bright because you could die. Because like when you get elevation sickness, you're like, oh, I don't feel good. Good thud. So, um, but yeah, it's like, there's no way you could, I, I couldn't run up. I think like the world record for hiking Kilimanjaro was like six hours by a, by a native, but he just ran the whole thing. But I, there's, there's no way I could have done that. It's crazy. Well, when I lived in Denver, there's two of the 14,000 peaks you can drive to the top of Pikes Peak and then Mount Evans. Yeah. And I remember getting up there getting out of my car and kind of jogging up another couple hundred feet. And I thought I'd just run a marathon at 14,000 feet. Yeah. There's just nothing you're breathing, but there's nothing in the air. There's right. Nothing. It's, it's fake air. It's great. It's great. It's no good. Yeah. Yeah. So like every night I had a hard time sleeping because, because the oxygen th is thin. And I knew like I'd read enough, like, oh, you have a hard time sleeping. And so I brought sleeping pills, which was a big no-no because then you'll fall asleep and you won't wake up when your body's like, oh, by the way, we're dying. Um, but that's about the only way I could get good sleep because like one, you're camping, right? So the first couple nights camping, typically I don't sleep well until my body's like, oh, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard to sleep, wake up. With a my I'm in rest my resting heart rate was close to 100 beats a minute, 
That's crazy for sleep. Yeah, the, just the air so thin, your body's like fighting to get all the oxygen everywhere. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a whole different getting used to kind of thing for sure. Yeah. Do they have oxygen for you, or, no. or are you just you're just on just whatever you could suck in? Yeah, it's funny. I had a friend who bought a few tanks of oxygen for us, but you can't take them on the plane. So pointless. Yeah, there's some provide, still sitting like in my room. Like these tours don't provide anything like that for people. They've got to have I something. Think, I would think. I, I think you can buy some, but we didn't. It was, I mean, there was, there was two guys in our group, one guy who just before we started the mountain, like the day of, he's like, mm, I'm going to go to Paris instead. So he lost his, all his money, flew to Paris, went, went to Egypt and then went to Paris. And then, because we had a layover in Paris before we flew back home. And then the other guy got to the camp, high camp, Barafu. And um, his head started hurting and his heart was hurting. And so instead of sleeping that night, he hiked all the way down, which is nice. By himself? Uh, he had some porters go with him, but those yeah, are guides. He, they don't let you hike the mountain alone. You have to have. That's fair because guides. <clears throat> you'll end up animal meat if you do that. Something, yeah. Something, yeah, it's. It's interesting. They, they, the national park in Tanzania, they charge 150 days, $150 to be on the mountain a day. Yeah. They, they monitor it pretty close, but when you're coming in and out, you have to sign. And well, that makes total sense with that state. It's dangerous. I mean, they have bodies littered everywhere. Uh, All right. Uh, so you 150 bucks a day. So this cost wise, what is this thing? What does the trip like that run you? Um, so we did the safari and the mountain together with the same, and it cost us, man, I can't remember right now. I think all in, I was close to eight grand for everything. I think. For both of you? No, for per, for me. Um, I think it was, yeah, I can't remember. I just remember, I wrote down 5,000 in cash for each of us. We went home. So there's a deposit before, and then you take the bulk of your cash there in cash. And there was like eight of us, and we all paid at the first hotel. And so we're just there, just stacks of hundreds on the table, and they're just counting it in the lobby, hotel lobby. And I was like, Do you? This is this is insane. Do you, do you carry a gun? Do you just carry around all this cash? And he had just collected from another group. So he had. He had just stacks and stacks of hundreds and just, you know, felt like a drug deal. I got a picture of it because I was just amused, you know, it was, it was crazy. Kind of the, yeah, the cash. Yeah. Like going to Mexico. <laughs> I've never taken that much cash to Mexico. Yeah, to travel with that much cash. Yeah. I feels, feels unnerving. Yeah. I've never, I think I've traveled with like a thousand bucks in cash once to Mexico and that was it. Because uh, I rent a car from a guy who only takes cash and no paperwork, which is brilliant. You'd think it was a sketchy deal, but it works. So I've done that a few times. <laughs> That's good. But, I'm sure there's good reasons, right? Yeah. Because you end up getting hosed if you don't. But what uh, what, what was the um like your biggest takeaway? Big what biggest takeaway from this? Dude, the the coolest thing was like um it was, 
it was good to disconnect and i think there's something sacred about mountains um so like i'm not super religious but i like to read my scriptures and it's interesting it um the first day on the mountain i was reading a scripture one of the, like it's one of those times when you read the scripture and it says something to you that it doesn't actually say mm-hmm. um and like i just had this um this crazy peaceful feeling like everybody's going to be all right because it's not it's not super common that people die on kilimanjaro but uh they just said like upon the wings of his spirit hath my body been carried away and upon exceedingly high mountains um and i was i was just like and there's a little bit more but i was sitting there thinking and like i had this huge impression like you're all going to be good you're all going to be good and so like on that second on the summit day on the second to last day when my son sits down he's like i don't think i can make it i was like yeah you so you're on diamox and then you had another pill i can't remember what it's called but this is like you have elevation sickness you're kind of screwed that's the only time you take this pill i gave it one of those i'm like let's go and then we just went up but it was it was uh it wasn't like a a crazy spiritual experience but the whole time was like peaceful you'd wake up you get out of your tent and you look down on the clouds that like the first day we hiked up above the the cloud line so the whole time it was just kind of close to to heaven and just different frame of mind like my cell phone would work at random every once in a while but it was just it was really good like to connect on that spiritual level well you're in god's house i suppose right right second best place yeah that's the mountains so that that was amazing and just there's clear it's just different out of your element you know uncomfortable yeah yeah on the other side of the world the food was something else too like it was out of your element so after we summited we had uh banana stew that was my most favorite odd thing that we had banana stew so i just think of so like like beef stew right oh here's the craziest thing right you know like um everywhere kind of has a taste like we have we have japanese food here but you go to japan and it tastes different you go to mcdonald's in japan and they have a hamburger but it doesn't taste like an american hamburger because yeah. it tastes like japanese so tanzania has a taste and i don't know what it is but their french fries are not really like the the night before we went, we were staying in a in a one of the nicest hotels we we were in, which was still not that amazing. Um, and I I got a American hamburger with French fries, like, and I was like, this will be great. I mean, is I'm in a nice hotel. It's like a it was more expensive. I can't remember how much it was, like fifteen bucks. So I'm just like, this will be good. And I got out and it just tasted like Africa, like all it was. Anyway, so imagine stew. It tastes like Africa. I don't know how to describe it other than that. But instead of potatoes, there's bananas in it. Now they're not like bananas that you buy at the grocery store. They're green bananas. And so they're they're really, really starchy and they're not as sweet. But it was it was it was just odd. I took a picture of it and it was in we ate everything in this blue tent. So all all the food looks funky, this blue light. But yeah, this 
It's like you cut a banana for a banana split and put it in your stew, eat up. <laughs> he was the only person who ate it. Everybody else was like, I can't. So you camped it. on the summit, or would did you get up there, stay for a few hours, and then descend? No, not even that. I was up. I was on the summit the longest of anyone in my group, and I got in trouble because I was just running around. I like I want to spend time on the summit, um, but that's the most dangerous place to be. And you're supposed to be like up there ten minutes or something. So one of our one of the guides came up and he's like, what are you doing? I was like, just goofing off. I'm playing, man. Yeah. So you go up um, from Barafu up these switchbacks. So slow. So, so slow. And uh, then you rest for a while. It's still a point. You walk into the summit. Like they want you to take a picture and go and leave. I was just wandering around and. And yeah, and headed down. And it was, I mean, that that last day, you go up like 4,000 feet, and then you come down 9,000 feet in one day. So it's it's pretty epic. And the down, the downhill, like you're hiking from midnight to like 3 p.m. or something. So it's it's a long day, and uh, my legs got kind of tingly weird. But like coming coming through the clouds after being above them for so long, the air's so dry, and you know it's like it's all fog. There's uh, condensation on my eyelashes, and you can see it. But breathing in that moist, moist air felt so good. Brain fart here. <laughs> Oh, oxygen deprivation. Did you suffer from any of that or did you, were you okay? I didn't get altitude sickness, but what does that look like? So here's how there's the crazy thing. So Diamox is just a diuretic, right? Um, It depletes your internal organs of water. So you start taking it uh, the day before you go up the mountain and then you're supposed to like just pound water. Because you're also having your body drain your brain, your heart, your lungs, everything of water. And the reason it works and the reason you need it is because uh, pulmonary uh, edema is like your lungs fill with water and then they stop working and then you suffocate and die or your brain swells. And anyway, so I think like, they say like everybody gets it a little bit like because your body reacts. It's just how bad it hurts you. And so like I felt the altitude, but I didn't like and I had trouble sleeping, but I didn't like my heart didn't hurt. My brain didn't hurt. I was okay. I didn't cough anything up. Right. So my son hurt a little bit. My buddy who left, he hurt a lot. But the great thing about it is you just go down the mountain and you're fine. Is this a, is this something that you like one and done, like you did it or would you do that again or pick it? I would so do it again. I want to do it on uh, like my honeymoon or, or engagement something. I think it'd be way cool. The other thing I think it'd be way cool is getting, getting my wife, uh, Tanzanite stone for her ring. Cause it's, is the one it's well, I don't know if it's the one, but it's a precious stone that's only found in Tanzania. 
So it's beautiful, anywhere from light blue to just this deep, brilliant, dark blue. So I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I, I would do it again if I if I one of my buddies is like, hey, let's go. I'd be like, I'm in. Totally in. Hey, let's go like Mount Kilimanjaro. All right, let's do it, Brian. Are we in? Yeah. I've never done yeah. a big I've never done a big anything like you should that do before. it. I I think I've done the biggest thing I was even training for was like a 200 mile bike race. That's the only thing physically I've ever. That's pretty close to committing to never actually the COVID killed it. So it didn't even happen, but, uh, so that, but to do something like that. And then I talked to a kid the other day who, who rode his bike from Utah to Boston. I'm like, that would be, that would be really by himself. I don't think I'd do something like that by myself. I would want to share that with somebody. I wouldn't want to ever go alone. Did he like have a sleeping bag and stuff on the bike? And yeah. One of those? Just did it. A little bit of Forrest Gump going on. Yeah. Yeah, maybe one day do something like that. I think it would be kind of like, it, it, it'd be a little fun to live as a vagabond for a minute. You know, no responsibilities. Chuck my cell phone into a body of water and disappear. I don't know if I'd ever do that because I like the connection, but uh, but just to do, just go, just be free instead of a slave to whatever we're a slave to. I guess everyone has their own master. Yeah, that they got to feed, but but man, that's a great story. That's a cool experience. I'm really happy you got to do that, and I'm glad that you're here sharing it with me today. This is cool. Hey, thanks, man. That's inspiring me to do more because i figure i got 40 years left on the planet maybe yeah right well and then generally they're going to decrease in quality as they go along so you might as well i mean secret life of walter mitty you know yeah it was it was a start so this this year i'm planning on going down to patagonia and wandering over the mountains that everybody wears on their hats and shirts. Yeah. I never even knew that it was actual mountains because I'm not into the brand. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Someone bought me a coat. I'm like, oh, is that what that is? I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome to join. It's not going to be that bad. The worst part of that will be 30, 33 miles in 10 days. We'll be backpacking. So 10 miles a day. It's just, it's just a stroll. Is that uh, what country is that in? Uh, Argentina or Chile or something or both maybe on the edge I, the uh the the mountains are in both of them I don't know which one ones we'll be walking through or if we'll cross over the borders and when are you doing that one between December and New Year's or Christmas and New Year's oh summer down there yeah yeah is that a challenge a are, you, are you throwing down a challenge yeah that'd be fun either that or like in uh Three weeks, three weeks, Grand Canyon. Three, the best is- part of doing the Grand Canyon rim to rim is you pass by a sign that says, do not, warning, something, don't go to the Colorado and back. It's got a picture of a sunburned white dude throwing up all over the trail. I always get my picture taken by that. It's just. <laughs> why, why can't you go to the Colorado and back? Is it's it just, far? it's a lot of elevation. And uh, it's only, uh, depending on how you do it, it's 18 to 20 something miles. So on that, do you go clear down into the bottom and then up or? Is it, yeah. Is it, okay. Cause you have to, cause it's, there's no bridge, but. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a couple bridges across the bottom, but they're like less than 100 feet tall. Just get across the river, but which would which would really add adventure to it. I mean, that you might die trying to swim across that, but yeah, I might. I'm sure someone could. They'd be like, sissy. There's a part of it. There's a part of it on one of the bridges. There's a black bridge and a silver bridge, and if you go across the silver bridge, and you look that way. East, maybe there's always a whirlpool, and I just think, man, like I know I would die, but what would that be like to die in a whirlpool? Yeah, to get sucked down Colorado River raging, like, well, bloop, how that just that'd be crazy. That'd I'm be swimming, great. I'm swimming, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm swimming, I'm swimming. Now I'm a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it's just, I don't know, like, I did. Uh, before I got divorced, like I was all about how do I get ahead financially? And then divorce changes that mindset drastically. And then I thought like, well, what memories do I have? <laughs> I was like, eh. And so I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at now. Still, I still have a lot to learn though, so, you know. And a lot of memories to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Sweet, man. That's great. Thanks, Thanks for coming on and sharing that story with me. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. You know? All right. Until next time. All right. Take care, Brian. Thank you again for listening to the Parish to Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us. You're still here? Click on the next episode for more from the Paris to Thought Show.